We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Happy Sunday, Pacer Nation. Welcome to another episode of Setting the Pace. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to our podcast, download our episodes, and let us know what you think of the show. On today's episode, I'm going to be joined by Michael Grady, who covers the Brooklyn Nets, and we're going to talk a lot about Karis LeVert and how this Pacers team can fit in with him and who Karis is as a player on and off the court. And then, unfortunately, we heard the news yesterday that the MRI did reveal a small mass on his left kidney. So, prayers out to Karis LeVert, hopefully. He has a quick and speedy recovery, and this is a minor, minor, minor situation, so that's all we can hope for right now. But, yeah, Karis LeVert is now officially a member of the Indiana Pacers, and who better to have on than Michael Grady to discuss all that. So I'm going to get out of the way here and let you guys hear my conversation with the one and only Michael Grady. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Setting the Pace. And Saturday, the Indiana Pacers four-team deal with the Nets, Rockets, and Cavaliers did go through. And Karis LeVert is now a member of the Indiana Pacers. But here to talk about all things Karis LeVert is the one and only Michael Grady. Grady, what's going on, man? Uh, good to be on with you. All good. All good, brother. All right. So, obviously, there was we kind of figured something might be going on just because it took so long for this whole entire deal to kind of go through. And Found out yesterday that Karis LeVert will be out indefinitely after an MRI revealed a small mass on his left kidney. Can you talk about that at all? Yeah, you know, um, I, I don't know details on um, the, the what lies ahead for Karis or um, the complications or whatever it may be. Obviously, it's serious. Um, the hope, as Kevin Pritchard said, is that he'll be able to return this season. Um, but when you're talking about a mass on a kidney, it's a scary situation, obviously. Mm -hmm. And um, I give a lot of credit to the organization um, being behind him 200 uh, percent as he goes through this. And uh, just thinking about Karis as, as, you know, the person, you know, um, you know, sending, you know, prayers his way. Uh, I, you know, love that guy. Uh, he was amazing in Brooklyn. He's an amazing individual, amazing person. 
and a hardworking guy. And um, once 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 he's healthy, um, Pacer fans are going to fall in love with his game. But first things first, he's got to get right, got to get got to get healthy, and got to go through this uh, got to go through the situation right now. Yeah, prayers up for sure. This was definitely a shock to I think almost all of Pacer Nation and really the NBA because nobody really would have expected this. He was playing super well with Brooklyn over the last couple of games as well. So um, as the Pacers, you know, do the right thing, they let the deal go through, and they're going to back him up 110%. Now, I think Kevin Pritchard said it last night in his press conference that, you know, just talking with Karras, he's a great guy, and I know you've been raving about just the type of character that Karras has. So can you tell us a little bit more about just the kind of guy that Karras is, uh, is before we get into like his actual on, uh, on the court skills? Yeah. You know, he's soft-spoken, um, you know, doesn't have a, a ton to say and he lets his, his game do the talking. Um, he's very observant. Um, he's eager to learn. Uh, he has been able to pick the brain of some great basketball minds and the way that he's been able to persevere through adversity over the course of his career, you know, says a lot about who he is as a person. You know, an injury set back here in college, another injury set back, you know, at the pro level. He starts to take off, you know, getting off and, um, and playing terrific basketball, dislocates his foot, um, you know, had a thumb injury a season ago. And now this, you know, through it all, he has a positive attitude, an upbeat attitude. And he's just going to be a guy that the guys in the locker room, the coaching staff, the organization and the community are going to fall in love with. Um, and he's going to embrace the, uh, the, the indie community and what it stands for and the hard work, the, the, uh, the determination, the effort that, uh, that fans want to see because it's just in his DNA. Mm-hmm. And I know we obviously know about the small mass on the kidney, but he's also had some other injuries throughout his career. And I guess I should ask, should the Pacers or should Pacer fans be a little bit concerned about those prior injuries? Or do you think those are just kind of, you know, said and done? You know, I, I wouldn't say said and done because there's a risk for injury for any player. I mean, mm-hmm. Victor Oladipo, obviously, there's, you know, worry there about, you know, something else happening with him. Um, and so with Karras, yeah, you know, the um, uh, you would be somewhat concerned to a certain degree. But my response is some of those incidents were just kind of freak injuries. You know, that dislocated foot was just kind of a freak situation. Um, so uh, I, I, you know, Paul George had his terrible injury and, you know, he's had something more recently on his shoulder. Um, but it was a freak incident, you know, with, with the leg. So with Karras, you know, he's had the foot and that he wants to continue to continue to monitor, but he's been, he's been good, you know, since those, those college days, he had a thumb injury last season, but that was just a, a freak play in the middle of a game. So I wouldn't let, I wouldn't let that um, worry Pacer fans. And when I say concern, I mean concern for any player and he's an active player. He's an aggressive player. He's a guy that, you know, really gets after it, attacks the paint, attacks the rim, you know, um, puts pressure on the opposition. So, uh, those type of players, you know, again, Victor Oladipo was the same kind of guy. Those kind of players you're always a little bit worried about as opposed to someone who's just a spot-up shooter. He's right. a slasher and an aggressive player on both sides of the ball. Well, that's great to hear because I've had a lot of people ask me how he is defensively, and I have not watched a lot of Karis LeVert over, over uh, his time in the NBA, but I'm curious, since you've been covering this team, what type of defender is he and what can we expect from him on the defensive end of things? 
He's a solid defender. He's not going to be a guy that you're going to look at as a liability. So that's, you know, first and foremost. And when you already have a strong defensive group, and I'm telling you he's not going to be a weak link, then you're really going to be fine. You're not getting Gary Payton. You're not getting, you know, Tony Allen or anybody like that. But you're not going to see a drop-off from what you got with Victor Oladipo, which is great. So if this was a Pacers team that needed a defensive, you know, anchor on the perimeter, or if this is like where, you know, something that the, the franchise felt like they were in dire need of, you know, he's, he's going to be solid. You know, he's going to play the passing lane. He's going to go out, get deflections, different things like that. Um, you know, in Brooklyn, it was an area that they struggled with. But I don't want the net struggles defensively as a team to reflect on who Karras is as a defender out there on the court. He is a, he is a solid defender, and he'll be just fine in this system. Yeah, I, one thing that I'm really excited about is just how big this Pacers starting lineup when fully healthy is going to be uh, with Brogdon, Brogdon at 6'6", you got Levert at 6'6", TJ Warren 6'8", and then obviously Sabonis and Turner, both the two bigs. That's a pretty big lineup. So offensively, I, I mean, I think Karras can play anywhere from one to three. Where do you envision him uh, being a part of this team offensively? Um, a, a combo guard. Uh, so the Nets had games where they needed him to play point, and he was a, uh, a a capable, capable distributor, creator, facilitator out there on the floor. Um, because he is so aggressive, it's going to come with some turnovers. Uh, but that doesn't mean that um, he's not going to be effective out there on the floor. You're not going to have a perfect, you know, situ- situation. I just saw James Harden in his first game for the Nets have a triple-double, and he had, you know, nine turnovers in the game. But I got to be honest as aggressive as he was in creating for his teammates, I don't really remember the turnovers being that glaring. So when you have someone that's aggressive and, and, and can create uh, in, in such, in such a, you know, a way for his teammates, you have to take the good with the bad there. So with Malcolm Brogdon being a quality spot-up shooter, he's going to love playing with a Karis Levert who um, I, he just plays with his eyes up. And Victor Oladipo sometimes can get tunnel vision. And I feel like Karras always has his eyes up. And so if you're on the perimeter, you know, be, be ready. If you're Sabonis inside or Miles Turner slashing, be ready. Um, he's going to be a guy that's going to find you and he's going to have instant chemistry with a lot of these guys once he gets healthy. So I think it's a, I think it's a good mix. I think TJ Warren will be a guy to, to keep an eye on because he's still figuring out who he is as a player. And so he's going to have to do some adapting. I feel like Malcolm Brogdon is adaptable. I feel like Sabonis is who he is. I feel like Miles is who he is. And TJ Warren is still somewhat figuring that out, you know, and, um, uh, and still learning good shot, bad shot. Yeah. So um, I, I feel like uh, I want to watch his growth, but I feel like Karras and his chemistry that he's going to be able to build with, with some of those guys, I think it's going to be tremendous. Yeah, I will say, like, in the few games that T.J. Warren did play this season with with Victor Oladipo in the starting lineup, you could tell it, it just seemed a little bit more awkward, a little bit clunkier, uh, just, I guess, because there's other guys taking touches away from him. So trying to figure out the yep. right rotation and, and figure out this new offensive system with Nate Bjorkren might be a little bit different for T.J. compared to the great success he had under Coach McMillan last year. But um, I, I guess, do you envision Karras – playing more with the second unit, you know, maybe staggering the lineup, or do you think that he'll run solidly with the, with the first unit? I think he'll run solidly with the first unit. Um, I, I, you want to take the shackles off of Karis LeVert, you know, mm-hmm. in, in Brooklyn, you know, he was playing alongside D'Angelo Russell, who is, who is that guy. Um, uh, Spencer Dinwiddie was also utilized in a similar way. 
as Karis Levert, um, and 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 those two played well off of each other. And then it was Kyrie Irving who Karis had to play off of, and then this season Kevin Durant who he had to play off of. And so when those guys weren't available, we saw Karis Levert have a fifty-point game, forty-point game, triple-double. Um, yeah, uh, this season when he was on his own, he had some magnificent basketball games. And so he's a guy that you want to let loose, and I would not confine him to the bench. If anything, when T.J. Warren is healthy, especially given the fact that he is a high-volume shooter and likes to be aggressive for his shot, and we're talking about a Pacers team where one of their weaknesses is their second unit, I would absolutely consider putting T.J. Warren with that second unit and letting him get off shots um, because Karras is going to be a guy that can get you 20 a night. We uh, Malcolm Brogdon has improved his scoring. We know that Sabonis can get you scoring. Miles um, Turner, you know, uh, you know, I've, I've talked about wanting to see him do a little bit more in the scoring department, but you, you don't need any more scoring right. in that starting lineup. And TJ Warren is a scorer, so that would be something that I would consider um, letting TJ Warren get loose with that second unit and seeing what happens. Yeah, that's it's not a problem, but I guess it is a little bit trying to get so many touches for all these guys that are gifted scorers and guys that like to have the ball in their hands. And I think this Pacers team is pretty unselfish. And Victor Oladipo really kind of bought into his role, I felt like, this year. Wasn't a problem the first couple of games at all before he was dealt and had some really spectacular moments and showed that he was starting to come back. But at the same time, I was a little bit surprised that Houston – decided that they'd rather have Victor Oladipo on an expiring than Karis Levert for the next couple of years. Do you have any idea what Houston is thinking with uh, taking Oladipo instead of Karis? No, but I don't think you – no, but I don't think anybody should care. I think um, getting Karis Levert, even though he's going through this health situation right now, getting Karis Levert is so massive um, that anybody that was willing to take Victor Oladipo off of your hands is a positive. Uh, that might be a nightmare for the Houston Rockets because, you know, Vic may not even want to stay and may end up signing in the offseason, you know, with Miami where it appears that he absolutely wants to go. So this may end up being a nightmare for Houston, um, acquiring a guy who probably will not give them long a long-term commitment. And if you're not really excited about being somewhere, I think it's just going to affect your play. You know, maybe not all the time. Maybe you have a, good, a solid game here or there. But overall, when you look at someone's overall play, you know, I, I would question whether or not this guy is going to be able to give you 120% if he is not fully committed. And I think from a Pacers standpoint, yeah, Vic had his moments. Um, but given all the turmoil and he doesn't want to be here, doesn't want to be here, him even acting like a, a teammate in any way, shape, or form comes off of, oh, great, great, Victor's behaving. Oh, great, Victor wants to be here. He didn't want to be there. So um, letting Houston take him on and bringing in a Karis LeVert, who has years left on his contract, who is a guy who will be fully committed and, and will embrace his opportunity to be, you know, the guy or one of the guys, I think it's a fantastic, fantastic position for Indiana to be in. Yeah, I don't think Pacer fans are too concerned about Vic going to Houston. It's just I was curious Houston's side of it, but I don't. I like you said, who really cares from this standpoint? But yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't, yeah, it's hard to it's hard to get into their their way of thinking because again, their hope is that they can convince Vic to stay, you yeah. know, and then um, they of course have a lot of draft picks, you know, in the meantime. So I don't think the prize is Victor Oladipo necessarily for them. I think because yeah. they're not going to compete. Um, but they have a, a number of draft picks they, at their disposal that they can utilize to use as, as trade bait to get better, you know, in the future. And we'll see what happens with it. But with Vic, 
No, it's just, you know, seeing what you can do this season. Maybe you can convince him to stay uh, long-term, but at the end of the day, I don't see that happening. Yeah, and, I, and you know this Pacers organization really well. They've done a great job of moving on from players when it's time to go. I mean, you look back when they traded Dell Davis for Jermaine O'Neal, then traded Jermaine for Roy Hibbert, and, of course, when Paul George decided to leave, bringing in Oladipo and Sabonis. And so it seems like every time, for the most part, when their hand is forced and a guy wants out, aside from the Ron Artest trade um, when he went to Sacramento, they, they've pretty much gotten a really good return and, and a long, long-term long uh, player to, to get back in return. So when you see the Pacers make this move, you know, we talked about it before when the, during the offseason. Like, you're like, there's no way the Pacers – are going to get Oladipo for Levert straight up. Like, there's no way they're going to get Levert. So it did take that extra team in there, and Kevin Pritchard did mention that. So I'm just curious, you know, with the way the track record of the Indiana Pacers and how they've brought in guys, maybe some guys that are a little bit under the radar and really developed them. I think T.J. Warren's a great example of that from last season. What do you see Karis Levert's ceiling as, as an Indiana Pacer at fully healthy? It's it's really up to him, just like it was up to Jermaine O'Neal. It was up to Paul George. One of the things that you see in, in Indiana, with Indiana and with the uh, small market teams, is this is the only. This is really, if it's not through the draft, it's it's moves like this um, where you kind of determine what your ceiling is as a franchise, and it's on those players that you acquire um, to maximize their ability and to fight like hell. Uh, so I just, obviously we see with the Lakers, they get LeBron they make a move for, for Anthony Davis. Um, and then they win a championship and then Mark Gasol, I want to go there. Uh, Montrez Harrell, I want to go there. You know, Dennis Schroeder, you know, gets dealt there. Um, it is a uh, embarrassment of riches for LA, but that's the LA market. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, I'm in Brooklyn. Kevin Durant wanted to come to Brooklyn. Kyrie Irving wanted to come to Brooklyn. Um, James Harden, seeing those dudes, wanted to win a championship. I want to go to Brooklyn. Uh, we're not seeing it with the Knicks, but the Knicks have complete dysfunction. If they didn't have their 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 ownership you know, group uh, in place, um, that would certainly be a place where a lot of people would be clamoring to go, but they have issues with their owner. Right. So, uh, but these, these big marketplaces, and I'll throw Miami in the mix. Miami is always going to be able to get guys, right? Mm -hmm. And um, winning a championship, even with superstars, is hard, right? It's still hard. But it's a lot easier for these for these smaller market teams. So they have to build through a draft. There's not somebody that's going to be that's going to say, "I'm dying to go to Cleveland." You know, they lucked out that LeBron was born in Ohio. Nobody's saying, "I want to go to." I absolutely want to go to Memphis. And unfortunately, it's a similar situation with Indiana. So the creativity and the ways that they've been able to acquire players and stay competitive has been admirable. To win a championship, though. Guys are going to have to take their game to another level. I feel like Paul George was a very talented player, very good in Indiana. Yeah. But there was another step that he needed to take that he was unable to take. And then he, and then he basically, you know, decided I'm out um, uh, when he had his issues with ownership and trying to bring in another guy. Uh, so with Karis, going back to your question about his ceiling, it's really up to Karis. I think Karis has an absolutely high ceiling. I think he can improve his jump shot. I think he can improve himself as a spot-up shooter. As a creator, he is going to give opposing defenses all kind of headaches, as, as I've seen him do here in Brooklyn. 
and he's going to continue to blossom. He's going to continue to excel. I think the trust that his teammates are going to have in him, the confidence he's going to continue to to uh, gain from that is going to be massive for him. And so if this team as a whole, though, is going to achieve the ultimate success, there's no margin for error. Malcolm Brogdon is going to have to play the best basketball of his life. Yeah. Miles Turner is going to have to improve in a way that we haven't seen before. Demonis Sabonis so in love with the way that that guy has has um, has continued to grow as a basketball player, a physical player, even step, you know, uh, expanding his range. T.J. Warren is going to have to be adaptable, and uh, and Karis LeVert is going to have to involve evolve into the All Star that I already think he is. Like mm-hmm. uh, Karis LeVert is an All Star caliber player. Period. Um, and uh, and for this team to go places that they have not gone in a very long time um, back to the NBA finals and to win a championship, which is something they haven't done in their history in the NBA. You know, it can't pout like we saw some of the other superstars. You know, I remember Jermaine O'Neal pouting because one of their playoff games was on NBA TV and not a nationally televised game. Like, <laughs> you can't pout, you know, um, the way to make a name for yourself in Indiana is to win. Yep. That's it. You can't pout about attention or what you want attention when you know we all remember that that magazine cover what was a gq or whatever it was (laughs) um they hadn't won anything yet they hadn't done anything you know you want you want that you want true attention go out there and win and um i felt like the pacers had the talent in the past to get the job done but for one reason or another they couldn't get to that gear and um i think this pacers team has assembled right now once everybody is healthy can compete with the best in the eastern conference whether or not they get over that hump it's up to them yeah, that was a question I was going to ask you a little bit later, but since we're on it, I was just curious because assuming this team can be healthy for the playoffs and, you know, they've, they've been pretty surprising. Eight and four is a great start with a new head coach in the middle of, you know, a crazy season that we've been dealing with. I was surprised that they were able to start things off so well, even though the guys were the same playing with a new system to me thought, I thought it might be a little bit of a challenge, but they've really come out and played great. And I think that's got a lot to do with Sabonis and Brogdon just taking their game up to a whole nother level. And then Turner just is, I, I really think those trade rumors got to Turner. Um, he's got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder and he's playing a lot more aggressive, probably the best basketball I've seen Turner play in his entire career. So uh, that brings my question to what is this pacer ceiling as currently constructed? Because they've struggled to get out of the first round of the playoffs. And I know that we like a lot of these guys in the way that they're playing, but can they make it yeah. to a conference finals with this roster? Because they don't really have that superstar on their team. They probably need to make another move. Um, and uh, I, I don't think you can have enough shooters in the NBA. I don't think you can have enough shooters. I think they're a physical team. I play. They, I feel like they play good enough defense. Um, and uh, they could use some more. They could use the scoring punch off the bench. And, uh, again, I don't think you can have enough shooters. And so um, uh, Karis is and, – and I think that makes Karis that much more dangerous because as a slasher and a guy that's very difficult to guard and his ability to get to the paint, he is going to set Sabonis up and Miles Turner up with some fantastic looks. But he's also going to set your perimeter scores up. So McDermott's going to get some good looks. Um, uh, Holiday's going to get some good looks. And um, I feel like having another solid shooter in the bunch, I think, would be terrific for this team. Um, but there are some great scoring teams in the Eastern Conference. And, uh, you know, Brooklyn's certainly one of them. 
Kimball Walker's coming back for Boston. So that's another that's another team that's got some some great scores. And we saw the battles earlier in the season that the Pacers had with the Celtics. So I feel like they're a, they're a um uh a t- I've been saying this a, a little while now, a top five team in the Eastern Conference. I feel like Boston, Philadelphia, Brooklyn, and Milwaukee are a solid four, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if injuries happen, something happened, can take one of those teams out of the top four. And I'm saying my projection at the end of the season, uh, Philadelphia got off to a great start. If they stay healthy, that's a solid team. And they've got some, you know, forget Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. They've got some other guys that have really stepped up and have played really good um, uh, basketball uh, for them. And so um, whether it's Maxi, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Shake Milton, they've, had, they've got other guys. they got Danny Green in the mix for sure, Seth Curry. So that's a tough basketball team right there. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Kimball Walker, Marcus Smart, Tristan Thompson in the mix. You know, Boston's a handful. Milwaukee's on a mission. Giannis is tired of losing. He wants to get to an NBA Finals. And then Brooklyn, I mean, for crying out loud, they have three guys on their roster that can get 90 for their team easy, every <laughs> you know, any given night. So that's just tough. That's going to be tough for any team yeah, to handle. <laughs> so Indiana's defense is going to have to be on point. But there's no reason Indiana can't be fifth. I like them more than I like Miami. Um, you know, there's some other teams in that mix, but I like, you know, I like Indiana right there as a as a five, uh, if mm. not better, if one of those other teams incurs some injuries or some tough some tough stretches. Yeah, it's it's been kind of crazy how the Pacers have started off so well, like I said earlier, and it's just great to see how how they're competing at a, at such a high level. And those Boston games yeah. were super fun. They probably should have won both of them, but you know, it yeah. is what it is. But uh, just kind of as we compare the two guys, because unfortunately that's what happens when you make trades like this, comparing Levert to Oladipo, obviously we know Oladipo more than likely was not going to re-sign in Indiana. They, or the rumors were they gave him a $25 million contract extension with like 8% raises on each year. The most I could give him, he turned it down. They traded him. So when you look at both players side by side, Levert and, and Oladipo, their stats do kind of match up number-wise, but from your perspective, seeing both these guys for the last couple of years, what are the biggest differences between the two guys? I, I think, you know, personality um, being a big one for me. I, I just feel like, um, uh, and I, I know that um, this is going to, I know this will come off odd, but the the reasons that we fell in love with Oladipo are just, um I don't. I, I just feel like there there has to be more substance there as far as a relationship. You know what I mean? If you're talking about a boy girl situation, the guy comes home and he says, "Wow, we both love Midnight in Paris." Uh, I think she's the one. Like, well, okay, it's, <laughs> it's it's possible to like the same movie as someone else. You know, Victor Oladipo <laughs> sings. Victor Oladipo sings. Wow, he's such a terrific guy. No, he just sings. You know what I mean? He just okay. Oh, he went to IU. He's so awesome. He's just he's 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 100 committed. No, I just sometimes we rush to these things and we romanticize things that we probably don't need to romanticize. And um, uh, um, when Vic first got here, you know, he was on a mission. You know, he had been dealt a couple times from Orlando to OKC, from OKC to Indiana. Now he had this opportunity to be the guy. And it just it just seems like. And I was having this conversation with somebody else that um, once certain guys feel like they're in the club their demeanor changes. Mm. And by the club, I mean, you know, Paul George dunks on Birdman, slaps a high five with LeBron. Oh, I'm in the club. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, Vic went toe-to-toe with LeBron too. Vic is, 
you know, an all-star. He's got the Black Panther mask at the all-star game slam dunk contest. It's like, oh, man, Vic's arrived. And then slowly you start to see some, like, a little bit of um, a shift. And I, I won't go full diva, but, you know, people can fill in the blanks. And um, you, can't, you can't have that type of attitude at Indiana. Yeah. And so the whole talk in the offseason and about, you know, players, you know, ratting them out about whether it's true or not about, hey, can I play with you? Can I play with you? Can I play with you? And the rumors are still out there about him still wanting to make his way, you know, to Miami. Um, you know, if players privately feel that kind of way where they they would, you know, out him in that sense, it just tells me a lot. Um, and so that will never happen with Karis. Karis has been you know, a one of the heartbeats of this of this Brooklyn Nets basketball team since he arrived. He's been one of the more beloved guys, if not the most beloved guy on that roster, no matter what role he was asked to fill. And he's one of the more respected guys in the NBA. I'll never forget when he dislocated his foot. The outpour of love from guys around the NBA. You know, there are a lot of guys that go through injuries and you see all oh, prayers up for such and such. It was unbelievable how many guys reached out and shared their love for Karis LeVert. So he is not only beloved in the Nets locker room, he is beloved around the NBA. And he is going to be a guy that, you know, um, they're going to embrace in that locker room. And through good times and bad, they're going to ride with him. You don't have to worry about Karis throwing somebody under the bus, having a snide remark, um, you know, acting like a diva or anything along those lines. He's just he's going to be a beloved and committed guy in that locker room. And, and sure, again, there's going to be some tough moments. It's tough to lose. Right. And and so not to to crap on Paul or guys like that in the past of Jermaine, as I, you know, as I mentioned, you know, earlier, it's tough to lose. You know, when you're Reggie and you're losing to, you know, Michael Jordan, that's that's tough. Like, man, it'd be nice if I had another player here. If you're, you know, Jermaine O'Neal and, and you're taking some of those losses, it's like, dang, I, I feel like I need I, I need some extra help. You're Paul George, you're losing to LeBron James, Chris, you know, Chris Bosch, Dwayne Wade. I could use some help. I could use you know, so um, and Karis, if if they lose to Brooklyn with James, Kyrie, and Kevin, like yeah, you know, it's it's human nature to feel like I could use some help. You know, as opposed to going right back to the drawing board. Maybe you lose a guy. Maybe you pick somebody up in the draft. Maybe you get a free agent who's you know okay. Like that's I mean let's let's be honest about the reality. So I'm not I'm not trying to to um, say that there'll never be a moment over the course of his time in Indiana where he'll have some frustration or try to act like, the, you know, Paul should have never been frustrated. I get it. I get it. Mm -hmm. But you can't belittle, you can't belittle the teammates in the process. Um, and uh, you have to be a professional. And no matter how frustrating things may get along the journey, you can bet on Karis LeVert being professional. I mentioned before, he's as good a defender as Victor Oladipo. Um, the one area where I would say Victor Oladipo is is uh, a, a little bit more um, efficient in is his um, spot-up shooting mm -hmm. and um, um, maybe mid-range. Maybe mid okay. uh, but Karras does a tremendous job of getting to his spots on the floor to where he's damn near unstoppable when he gets going. And uh, he's going to have stretches where he's going to be 5 for 16. He's going to have games like that, but so did Vic. Mm -hmm. um, but... Uh, he's going to be aggressive in crunch time. He's going to be aggressive when it matters. He's going to be a great facilitator for his teammates. And uh, I think he's going to be a great fit with the Pacers. And, yes, Malcolm has gotten off to a great start. Yes, Miles has had some really solid moments. But I can't give enough credit to what Coach Bjorkren, Bjorkren has um, done in uh, adding creativity 
innovation and basically taking the shackles off of this group. And that's the big reason in my mind that a lot of these guys have responded well and gotten off to a great start. And I feel like Karis LeVert is going to um, respond well to this system too. Yeah, I agree completely with you. I mean, everything that we've heard about Karis LeVert, it just, it, it screams he's going to be a great Indiana Pacer and he's going to fit this group of guys. I mean, being the same age is a huge help with them all being in the same you know, uh, they all kind of have the same mm-hmm. goals, you know, having the same primes. So they're all entering their primes right now. And, you know, the Pacers are really good at getting guys that are maybe undervalued or underappreciated in their current situations and then trying to maximize that. And I think, you know, with guys that have that chip on their shoulder, with teams that don't believe in them or teams that move on from them because they feel like they need to head in a new direction, the Pacers have always done a great job of maximizing that talent. So I, I will say this, I'm excited, but most importantly, I just want – whatever the situation is with Levert's injury and his health, just to go away. I want to be completely healthy. I, I'm glad that the Pacers were able to, you know, find this or the doctors were able to find this during this uh, kind of thing of the word. I can't think of it, but uh, yeah, um, man, what do they call that? The physical. There we go. Physical. Good, good yeah, grief. Yeah, yeah. I, Absolutely. Having a brain fart, but with <laughs> going through that, going through the physical and being able to find it, that's, Definitely something that is just a blessing uh, for Karis and his future because aside from basketball, like you want this guy just to be healthy. And that's right. where we kind of have to put aside and humanize things a little bit like he said Herb Simon did. And I respect the Pacers because if they canceled this trade, this could have been a wacky mess if they didn't accept the, the physical results. And, I mean, I don't know if, it, you know, Harden might not be in Brooklyn right now and then we could be having more conversations about him going to Philly or something. So, it's uh, it's right. it's crazy, but at the end of the day, you know the Pacers. I, I think really believe in Karis. You have given so many examples of why the Pacers probably believe in it, and I'm sure the Pacers, which they always do, is a, a great job of doing their due diligence on on the guys they're bringing in here. And you need, and we talk about it all the time. With uh, Kevin Pritchard says it all the time, talking about culture, and you have to have a good culture because clearly the way Oladipo acted, whether fans want to hear it or not, it just was not a good culture last season. And I think he kind of tried to fix things coming into this year, and he got his wish. He's not going to be here long-term. So the Pacers get off of that, don't have to worry about that drama, and they bring a guy in with great character. So I think Pacer fans should be really excited. And I I guess my last question, because one thing the Pacers have really struggled with with this group is getting to the free throw line and guys being able to draw contact. Is that – something in Karras's game or is that something that he doesn't really do well as either getting free throw attempts? No, no, you know, he's, he does, he does a, he does a solid job of, again, he's just very difficult to defend mm-hmm. and uh, he does a, a solid job of attacking, especially when it matters most in crunch time. And um, given the, the, again, how frustrating he is to guard, um, uh, it, it's it's going to create a number of opportunities, again, not only as a facilitator, but getting to the rim, getting good shots at the goal, and and perhaps drawing in ones or at least getting to the free throw line. So um, that is a that is something that is absolutely in his game. And again, his just ability to to creatively make moves to get to where he wants to on the floor. Um, it's just, it's really, it's really impressive. And again, he's just scratching the surface. So, um, nobody's a flawless player. Victor Oladipo came with his flaws and, and the Houston Rockets are, are, are going to figure all those things out over time. Karis LeVert still learning, growing as a player. Um, but I have watched him evolve so much 
so much over his time um, in the league. And uh, I, I think he's still scratching the surface as to what he can, what he can do and what he can be as a basketball player. Awesome, man. Well, Grady, thank you so much for coming on and giving us some insight on Karis. I know a lot of fans are just chopping at the bit to see him in a Pacers uniform, and we appreciate your insight on just who he is as a person and is as a player. Absolutely. Absolutely. Anytime. All right. Thanks, man. All right, everybody. We hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. If you were a fan of today's episode, like I said at the beginning of the show, make sure you subscribe. Give us a rating and review. Let us know what you think. Five stars are always appreciated. Give us a follow on Twitter at SettingThePace3. I'm at AlexGoldenNBA. My co-host is at underscore F-A-C-C-I. And we will talk to you all later this week. At the end of the day, you know what we always say. Let's go Pacers. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.